Hey, this is Cody Sturge with the pastor at Chill Highway Baptist Church, and you're listening to Keep Thy Heart Daily, a daily ministry of our church, an opportunity that we have every day to share God's Word with you. The Bible says to keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. And we know that we keep our hearts as we wash our hearts with the Word of God. We are in a series now in the book of Mark. The book of Mark's a book of action. And I know that there'll be messages and truths from God's Word that'll be a big help to you. Thanks for listening. We're praying for you. God bless you. They see this man. They're already a little bothered by him because he's shaking things up. And now, of all the gall and audacity, the man has gathered many publicans and many sinners and he's eating with them and they're having a good time I want you to get in your mind's eye Jesus has gone to Levi's house and here's a bunch of people that as far as they knew because of their position and their job and where they were in life, publicans and sinners. No righteous person would ever give them the time of day. And Jesus, the most righteous person that ever lived, goes to one of their houses and invites the whole crowd, and they have hope in their lives and their, ho- and their hearts for the first time in who knows how long. You know what that, what that reminds me and makes me want to do? That makes me want to find the most downtrodden neighborhood in this area and go there and tell as many of them as I possibly can, as many sinners and people who've sold their souls to the world world and the devil, as many folks as I can possibly see. It makes me want to go to the lowest place in this whole area and tell people about Jesus and give them some hope. It's what we need, isn't it? It's what folks need. Jesus comes to this group of people that no clean or religious person has given the time of day ever. And he goes to their house and he eats with them. And I want you to know something, the load's lifted off these people. And they're having a great time. And it's almost like they're having a party. And Jesus is teaching them. And Jesus is being a blessing to them. And they're, they're, they're just amazed that, wow, somebody like that loves somebody like me. I'm reminded of, some folks I met several years ago, the first thing they ever asked me, they said, humbly, do you think that we could come to your church? They had this idea that somehow they were lower than me. Nobody's lower than that. I said, of course you could come to our church. We would love for you to come to our church. You know what happened? They came to our church, they got saved. God changed their lives and their families. That story is repeated in this community and, in this, and can be repeated in this community a thousand times over. Jesus went to them. And they're having a blast. But the scribes and the Pharisees tried their very best to mess it up. Man, they're seeing this, these people, these publicans, uh, sinners, uh, 
fellowshipping with Christ and His disciples. And the first thing they want to say is this. They say, how is it that He eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? The Bible says, and Jesus heard it. He saith unto them, they that are whole have no need of the physician. They that are whole have no need of the physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. I'm confident that Jesus wasn't calling the scribes and Pharisees righteous. They were self-righteous. They were full of their, their pride and arrogance. But he made the point that these are people who need the love of the Savior. And these are people for whom Jesus died for. And it brings me to my first point. True Christianity emphasizes a love for the lost. True Christianity emphasizes a love for the lost. A ministry that is Christ-honoring must emphasize a love for the lost. If we're going to please God as a church, we should be actively seeking out people who need Jesus. We should be actively seeking out publicans and sinners. And we should, like Christ, be reaching out and trying to touch the lepers. And going in and eating with the publicans and sinners. I'm not telling you to get a, make a ministry to the local bar. That's not what I'm telling you to do. Stay away from those places. But we should try to get to people's homes. And we should try to take folks to eat. And we should try to be teaching people the Bible. And we should be telling people that Jesus loves them too. And they are welcome at our church. And they are people for whom Jesus died and who Jesus will revolutionize their life. You see, true Christianity emphasizes a love for the lost. What did Jesus do? He said, look, I'm here with the publicans and sinners eating because they need a physician. They need a physician. And by the way, they're willing to receive one. Don't ever be afraid because of someone's outside to talk to them about Jesus. Most of the most... Most of the time, the most scary people you see because of their outside is because their inside is desperately lost and is searching. And I'll guarantee you, if they've not found Christ, they're still searching, no matter what the facade may appear to be. True Christianity emphasizes a love for the lost. How many of you glad somebody loved you enough to share the gospel with you? Me too. True Christianity emphasizes a love for the lost. Number two, true Christianity emphasizes the joy of the Lord. So Jesus thwarted their first question, their first statement. And then he says this in verse number 18. And the disciples of John and of the Pharisees used to fast. Now this is just a fact. John, John the Baptist, his disciples... They had a practice of fasting. Nothing wrong with it. But when we think about this, and, and this is what the Pharisees are, are wanting us to think about, is the downtrodden faces and the side of spirituality. John's disciples fasted. It's true. Nothing wrong with it. So did 
the disciples of the Pharisees. They used to fast too. The Bible says in verse number 18, And they come and say unto him, Why do the disciples of John and of the Pharisees fast, but thy disciples fast not? You know what bothered the Pharisees? It bothered them that they are looking in to Levi's house, a bunch of publicans and sinners, and Jesus and the disciples are eating meat and having a good time. It's driving them crazy. There's no way this is true religion. They're smiling. There's no way this is a, this is a sound church. They're having a good time. <laughs> Folks, I want you to know something. True Christianity emphasizes the joy of the Lord. What was Jesus' response? They said, they said, why don't your disciples fast? They're having too much fun. They can't be spiritual. Can't lie, this is church. That's not true. Look what the scripture says. Jesus answered them. He he wants to paint a picture of a wedding. Contrary to what some people may believe, a wedding is a joyous occasion. And a wedding in the scripture is always appropriated to a joyous occasion and reason for celebration. The Bible says he that finds a wife finds a good thing. Don't forget that, guys. There's a picture here of a joyous celebration. The scripture says in verse number uh, 19, Jesus said unto them, Can the children of the bride chamber fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken away from them, and then shall they fast in those days. He said, look, there's reason to celebrate. The bridegroom is here. And I'm thankful we're the bride of Christ. And we have the glorious privilege as the bride of Christ to rejoice in the faithfulness of God. And we have reason and occasion to be joyful. Now I can understand if a lost world has is downtrodden. But as the children of God, we have the promise that heaven is our home. We have the promise of the indwelling Holy Spirit. We have the promise of victory through faith in Christ. My, we have reason to rejoice. And true Christianity emphasizes the joy of the Lord. Oh, it's wonderful. The Bible actually says you're going through a difficult time and life is rough. Times are difficult. There are valleys and multitudes of them. But the scripture says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. True Christianity emphasizes joy. We can be blessed, happy, in spite of the trials that we face. And we don't have to have down faces. We don't have to go through some kind of rudiment, hoping that maybe so somehow down the line, if everything goes just right. God will see fit to let me have everlasting life. I can rejoice that I'm in the presence of God now. And I'm indwelled by the Holy Spirit because I've been born again. And I have a promise that Jesus is my Savior. And everlasting life is my present possession right now. Why? Because I've put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. True Christianity, you know what it says? (laughs) Man, it's good to serve the Lord. It's good to be a Christian. 
It's joyful to know that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. True Christianity emphasizes a love for the lost. True Christianity emphasizes the joy of the Lord. And true Christianity emphasizes, number three, a Jesus-only gospel. A Jesus-only gospel. What do you mean? There's an interesting next thing that Jesus says to this group of people. The Scripture says in verse 21, No man can also... I'm sorry, no man also soweth a piece of new cloth on an old garment. This is Jesus speaking. Else, the new piece that filled it up taketh away from the old, and the rent is made worse. Now, what's that mean? A new piece of cloth in this day had not yet shrunk. So, you take a new piece of cloth, and you patch an old piece of clothing with a new piece of cloth, when you patch that thing up, and the first time it gets washed and dried, guess what happens? It shrinks up. And when it shrinks up, it pulls apart from the other garment, and it makes the old garment worse, and the new garment, well, you just cut a hole in it. So, out with the old and in with the new. They were separate. Scripture continues in verse number 22. And no man putteth new wine into old bottles, else the new wine doth burst the bottles, and the wine is spilled, and the bottles will be marred. But new wine must be put into new bottles. So here is the problem there. If you put wine, new wine, in an old bottle, an old bottle has already stretched and set up, and it's hard. They're mostly made out of like a leather, if I understand right. Thank you for listening to this message from the book of Mark. We're sure excited about the many opportunities that we have at the Chai Baptist Church to share content with you. If you'd like to hear more of the same, more messages from God's Word, other series from different books of the Bible, you can find us at chillhowiebaptistchurch.com. Or you can get our app on the App Store, Chai Baptist Church. And we're so thankful that you've listened today. God bless you.